0: today on episode 417 of i am salt lake podcast we sit down with local salt lake city badass hillary mcdaniel In this conversation, we talk about what inspired Hillary to start Rock Camp SLC, what it's like being the community events organizer at the Utah Pride Center, and we also talk about why you should get into volunteering at local events around the city. All right, let's quickly introduce ourselves today. My name's Chris Hollifield, and you can follow me on my personal Instagram at Chris Hollifield.
1: And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. You can follow me on my personal Instagram at Lake. Welcome back to longtime listeners. Thanks for joining us today. But if this is your first time listening to this podcast, you might be asking yourself what it's all about. Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people in Salt Lake City. We get to talk to business owners, comedians, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, food truck owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share.
0: We have been talking to some really awesome people lately. I've I've been stoked on a lot of these
1: interviews. Oh, me too. There's such a cool variety.
0: Hey, I know that there's a lot of listeners that are thinking to move to Salt Lake City, maybe a job's bringing you here, or maybe you're even looking at finally getting out of the rent game and buying a house of your own. Well, you're in luck because this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Market Source Real Estate.
1: If you love the charm and character of old homes, you need to contact Monique at Market Source Real Estate. She actually helped us find our home, which we're recording the podcast out of right now.
0: Did you know that for almost 20 years, they have been specializing in helping people buy and sell homes in Sugarhouse in the greater Salt Lake City area?
1: Market Source Real Estate has a background of flipping houses, and they've owned almost 20 homes themselves, so they really know all the ins and outs of older homes.
0: If you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase their value and make sellers more money.
1: All right, so if you're looking to move to Salt Lake City or you're just looking to move across town, contact Monique at Market Source Real Estate. You can find her info at thinksaltlakecity.com or give her a call, 801 810 6773.
0: Again, that website, thinksaltlakecity.com, go check it out. There's a lot of cool stuff on that website, or just give Monique a call, 801 810 6773. And before we get into that conversation with Hillary McDaniel, check your smartphone right now. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. That way you don't miss a single episode. We're here every week. You can find all of that information to subscribe to the podcast on our website at IamSaltLake.com. All right, here's that conversation that we had with Hillary McDaniel. I know we've gotten a lot of requests to bring Hillary on the podcast. So here's that conversation that you've been waiting for. Enjoy it. And thank you so much for listening. I like to even kind of go back to, uh, if you've listened to the podcast, Hillary, you know, I like to even find out where's home for people, where they grew up. Are you from Utah even?
2: I was born in Utah, in Utah County. And um, when I was eight years old, my family moved to the Dallas, Texas area. And so I grew up there going to elementary, middle school and a little bit of high school. And then when I was a uh, junior in high school, my family moved back. So I grew up from there in Orem, Utah, um, and then moved to Salt Lake in 2012. So I've been in Salt Lake for, you know... About eight years now and really love it here.
0: So you grew up in Utah County, moved mm-hmm. to Texas, then back to Utah back County? Back
2: to Utah County, Did yep. you
0: like Utah County? No, yeah, not
2: at all. That's where I got family <laughs> Does down anybody? there. anybody? Yeah. I, <laughs> I shouldn't say
0: that. spent many years
1: down <laughs> yeah. there. yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. a, it's a wild area. That's it is. Just, well, it's it's just got really different.
2: It's you know? different, and I don't think you realize how different it is until you move, mm-hmm. and then you go back and you realize some of those those differences in Utah County. But I have family there um, that I go visit, you know, at least once a month. I I cross that that invisible border between you know the you point the of bumble. the mountain, as they yeah. say. It, it's um, it's yeah. interesting
0: how it's all connecting though, right? Like oh, all totally. the, the 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 point of the mountain with all the businesses there, and then that construction that won't end. But yeah, <laughs> it'll be
2: interesting if it'll yeah. ever feel like more one place, like the Wasatch Front, I always still feel that invisible line of crossing over, and I don't know where that comes from. But yeah, that's always been the case. But yeah, I grew up um, in a really diverse neighborhood in in Dallas and loved uh, the way that I grew up, loved the schools that I went to. And then when my family moved back to Orem, you know, I made the best of it. I had a good time at Orem High School. I did stuff on the radio station, played soccer. And I didn't really get into music until I was a lot older, until my mid-20s is when I started kind Of playing around on the guitar and on the drums a little bit and just went from there.
0: I don't want to get into obviously music, I mean, the rock mm-hmm. camp that you do. Uh, and then you play, you play, do you currently play in any bands? I know you played in Canyons, right? Yeah, are they, are Canyons. they still around? No, uh, no, no, they're they...
2: not around anymore. Um, I was in a band called Please Be Human for several years and then a band called Canyons. And since then, I've just been sitting in with people doing projects, fundraisers. I just have found that. The more that I've gotten involved with community organizing and activism, the less time I've had to manage a band and play every single weekend. And I miss it sometimes, but I also really love playing and love playing in more meaningful ways. So one gig every few months um, that I get to you know, spend a lot of time getting ready for has been really fulfilling to me to do it that way.
0: Do you come from like a musical family? Like is your family playing um,
2: different moderately. musical things or is it
0: like church stuff that they're playing with? So or?
2: my parents, um, both, you know, I grew up with them singing in the church choir. Sure, sure. Um, but I get a lot of my, my music, I think from my grandparents on my okay. mother's side, they were in a band together for over 50 years. And my grandma played a uh, bass and my grandpa played guitar and saxophone and they played. Dance music, like not dance music, like club music, but <laughs> dance music for their time. So lots of waltzes yeah. and polka and cha cha. And so they would just play these dances a couple times a week. And I would, you know, go and watch them play and watch people dance around. And so I think that was definitely my introduction to music. They did a lot of backyard. Jams and sing-alongs and things like things like that.
0: It's funny how like 50 years the interpretation of dance music, right? <laughs> yeah. like, like you got over here, <laughs> from, you got like swing, swing and, to... <laughs> and, and, and waltz to, yeah. to like club, like you... yeah,
2: like <laughs> it, yeah. They played 50s and 60s dance music, <laughs> which is good. Which oh, is yeah, good. I
0: great. I love it. And you play drums, right? Yeah. Drums and what else do you play?
2: Um, I play drums, and really until I started getting involved with Rock Camp, I didn't play anything else. Okay. I could play a few chords on guitar, but since then I've uh, picked up guitar a little bit more. I play bass. Um, quite a bit these days. And um, I can mess around on a keyboard. i yeah. um, not much of a singer. I do enjoy um, learning songs on my own and acoustic guitar and singing at home by myself we, to my dog.
0: We have a drummer here. He's 14. Oh, he, plays, nice. he, he, he likes to get on there and, and, and cause havoc. And
2: he's got, well, he's
0: got one of those drum sets so though. He can wear the headphones, oh, right? That's so electric. best
2: for parents. I would I recommend love it. all parents I love it. with children starting drums, get an electronic drum set. Yes. And your kids will get so much further because they get to hear themselves better in the headphones, but also they'll practice longer because they're not getting yelled at by the parents to, to turn it for down. For real. <laughs>
0: what, and what's funny is it still shakes the house, right? Oh, like yeah. it's still here. It, yeah. But I remember. Well, when he
1: hits the bass drum, yeah.
0: he yeah. hits
2: it so hard that it sh- it's like vroom in the house. Yeah. It just shakes oh. all the walls.
0: So self-taught then? Or are you, yeah, you know, yeah. Really? Very self-taught, cool. Self-taught,
2: I just started kind of playing along with my friends, yeah. sat down at a drum set and uh, someone kind of showed me a huh. pretty simple rock beat. And I think just for me, listening to music my whole life. I mean, music has always been a huge part of my life. Watching, you know, my grandparents play growing up, it was just really natural for me to sit down and play and it didn't feel hard. And then, you know, you you start to listen to other songs and realize that there are drum beats that are really hard to play. And so then you have to kind of back it up a little bit and learn some new skills so that you can play those songs. But yeah, I just played along with people and picked up tips from other drummers as I was going along and that's kind of my introduction into playing music.
0: And then with your love of music, you started Rock Camp, Yeah, right? It, it's, it, well, the official name, Rock Camp SLC is, yeah. is the official name.
2: Yeah, so um, I had heard about an organization called Rock and Roll Camp for Girls, and I knew that they had camps throughout the U.S. in different states. And there was a camp happening in L.A. in 2015, and I signed up to volunteer to go and just help teach drums or whatever they needed help with, but also... I also wanted to learn how to run a camp, like the admin side of it, the spreadsheets in the background, and Ooh, the you yucky know, the, the, side. The, yeah, the stuff the I stuff never want to do, but I I love to do because my background is um, in IT. I'm a I've been a business analyst. I was a business analyst for about 15 years, just doing project management for IT projects. Um, so I had a lot of that background. And after spending a week there, by the end of it, I just knew that Salt Lake City absolutely needed this kind of a camp. And that maybe I could be part of a team and do a part of it. But, you know, I knew I couldn't do it all myself because I only played drums. I didn't really play any of the other instruments. And I had the skill set that I had, but I kind of came back to Salt Lake City Looking for more people who were also interested in in doing something like this.
0: Because there was no camp like this in Salt
2: Lake prior to this idea. Yeah, not in Utah, anywhere. Um, The Rock Camp, the idea of this camp came from Portland University, a woman that was doing her master's thesis. And she wrote this idea for a camp where girls would come for a week. All of the teachers at the camp would be women. And they would learn an instrument. They wouldn't need any musical experience, like never even touched their instrument at all. Learn it, form a band, write an original song. So all of the lyrics, chord changes everything and perform it on stage at the end of the week on Saturday. So this was her idea. And so she wrote this as a thesis, but also put on the first camp in Portland in, in the year 2000. And she got all of her musician friends to come in and volunteer and loan her gear and It went so well and everyone was so inspired that other camps started popping up in different parts of Washington and California. And so the the camp in L.A. had been around for about 10 years by the time that I went and volunteered there. But yeah, after going and spending a week there, it was just like, this is exactly what I was hoping it would be. I thought it would be this cool and, and... once uh, I came back to Salt Lake, I just started looking for other people who were interested in, in doing something like this.
0: What was the hardest part, getting it all together, uh, just finding people that would come to the camp or people that would help with the camp or any and all of it? Or, well, or...
2: yeah, that's a good question. So we started our very first camp. We had 40 kids sign up, that's which good. is a lot. Yeah, we were, lot. you know, in talking to other camps, their first camp maybe had 10. So they had two bands of five kids or maybe 20 that would be like a lot but we just we left it wide open to just see what would happen and so our first campers were a lot of just word of mouth like our friends who played music and and their kids would want to come or we got on krcl and talked about it on radioactive and a lot of people were just excited and signed their kids up so our, our very first year in 2016 we had 41 campers so that made nine bands five kids in each band and well Eight bands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was eight bands, so five five kids in each band. We don't do
0: math here. And,
2: so. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Accurate. And it was really just that first year going by the seat of our pants, right? I mean, one of the biggest things logistically to pull this off is finding a location that you can have for a week and set up eight drum sets, eight bass amps, guitars, everything – And then leave it overnight every night and have kids come back every morning. So we had to find a place to have the camp. And we also had to find eight drum sets. And we have no budget at all, you know, just starting this from nothing. And so our very first year, almost every single piece of gear that we used was borrowed from our musician friends. And we just made a little waiver that said, if we mess it up, we'll return it to you in better condition than you gave it to us. And it went really well. We taught the kids a lot about respective instruments and, you know, just let them know, hey, this bass that you're playing is actually getting played at urban lounge on the weekend. So be careful with it. You know, How and I cool think does that make the kid feel too? Uh, like, yeah. oh, man, <laughs> I'm learning on this bass, the you coolest, know? right. It's like, and they're also learning from musicians in the city who play, you know, regularly every weekend, you know, our very first year, our bass teacher was Talia keys. Oh, and she, wow. I just saw yeah. her play last night on, at the Depot again. You know, she's playing and gigging and touring regularly. Um, we have Lindsay Heath is a uh, drummer, um, of ours and she's toured all over the world too. So these kids get to learn from like real local rock stars, which is super
0: fun. So you're bringing them in during the week of the camp to teach them how to do stuff, maybe some stage presence, stuff like that kind yeah. of stuff. Or,
2: so the kids get, um,
0: cause it must be hard to cram all that in in one, <laughs> in one yeah,
2: week. Yeah.
1: A, especially a someone who with no experience. Oh yeah. You know?
2: So we, the way our week is structured, um, we're there every day, eight 30 to five. So it's, Excuse me. It's like these kids having a full time job. (laughs) It's longer than school. Right. So they're long days, but we have uh, instrument instruction in the morning. So all of the drummers go into the drum room. And at this point, we have usually about 14 bands every time. So this drum room is full of drum sets and everybody sits down and just starts counting to four. And if you can count to four, I guarantee you, no matter who you are, I can teach you to play a rock beat, and you can start playing it in about five minutes or less. So all the drummers are together. All the bass players are in another room together, learning kind of the basics of what what is this string? What does this do? How do you how do you pluck it? How do you tune the bass? So they're learning a lot of the basics on the first day, and by the end of the first day, we have them work on our camp song. So we wrote a song for camp, just for our camp and everybody learns it individually and at the end of the day they're getting together in their bands and they're playing the camp song together in the very first day. So it's a re- really great way to introduce them to music, to playing together and then by the second day they're starting to write lyrics and think of chords for their own songs that they're going to write. And it just seems completely overwhelming and I think as an adult you're just like, write a song with four strangers in one week and then I'm going to play it on a huge stage at the Depot like it's not nope. possible, right? <laughs> just nope, right? Just nope. And uh, it's been really inspiring to work with these kids because there is a lot of just fearlessness yeah. of just no one's ever told them they can't do this. And as a mentor, it's our job to to never tell them they can't do anything. You know, like we just have to kind of get out of their way in a lot of in a lot of ways, just move out of the way, let them. Play the notes that come to their head that feel good to them. Let them sing the things that they want to sing about, no matter how silly, silly or how deep and a little bit like, you know, dark they are. Just let them be.
0: Be kids. And yeah, be themselves.
2: Yeah. And when you do that and get out of the way and offer the support, you know, as you need it, and miracles happen and, you know, just really cool moments happen where kids are just breaking through these barriers of being shy or having anxiety or feeling all the stress or whatever's going on at school or at home, they can put it away for a minute and come to camp and be in this environment where everyone is just high-fiving and, you know, telling you, you rock all the time. And it's a really cool environment. And I wish I could just live in it full time year round.
0: You know, you mentioned, uh, they play on stage at the depot. Yeah. Do do you open it up to the public? I can invite the public out to to come and check this out. All all
2: of our showcases and we call it the camper showcase. So it's always the Saturday when camp's done. It's open to the public. Um, we do all of our shows for free. We do like a suggested donation of $5 because we'd like to raise money. Um, of course. All the money that we raise uh, goes to send kids to camp who can't afford it. So a regular week-long summer camp with us is $300. And Which we have is a not lot bad. Of, it's, it's really affordable. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we're priced very low compared to some of the other summer camps we've seen in Salt Lake but still $300 for a lot of families is just absolutely out of reach. And True. so for when we do these showcases, we're raising money at the door, we're raising money as the bands are playing and all that money goes to to send kids to camp. Is there somewhere where people can go if they just want to donate throughout the year to it? Uh, yeah. So we are a 501c3 nonprofit. So all of our donations are tax deductible, which is awesome. And at our website, rockcampslc.org, there's a donate button and you can donate anytime you want and we will take your money and it's it <laughs> to course. really good
0: use. Awesome. Throw us your money. <laughs> yeah. right.
2: And we also accept um, instruments. You know, now oh, we yeah. actually, this summer coming up in 2020, will be our fifth summer of Rock Camp. And we now own almost every instrument that we use at camp. We own. We have a few loaners. I still loan my drum set every year. Um, we have some keyboards that are, get loaned. But for the most part, just by doing gear drives and having a place online where people can just send us a message of what gear they have, we've now, um, we have gear that we turn away sometimes even so that's a really good problem to have
0: what that really is what is the age group did you you might have mentioned that at the beginning uh, the uh, age group of yeah, people that are Yeah, I haven't mentioned it
2: yet so the age group for Rock Camp SLC is 8 to 17. So, okay. no, so I was am kind of jealous cuz pretty much everybody the way how you sit and explain how you can just do the basics and everything I kind of want to go. Yeah. But I'm a well, little older than Well, you 17. probably accept adult
0: volunteers, we, right? We
2: accept adult volunteers and actually we started a program a few years ago for adults called Slay Lake City. Yeah. And oh, And Slay yeah? Lake City is Rock Camp for four adults in three days instead of five days. Why oh only gosh. three, why
0: three days instead of five? Cause you figure we're smarter, right?
2: <laughs> well, no, it's not because adults are smarter. <laughs> well, it's not, yeah, that, definitely that, not. That, that might've came out wrong. That might've came definitely out wrong. not. We're because, actually dumber. Yeah. yeah. And it's not because adults are more brave because yeah. I have more nerves and more people having breakdowns with the adult oh, sure. one for sure. But yeah, so the adult one is three days just because we all have to get back to our, our lives. So we, we started it a few years ago. And it's a three-day weekend. We do it over President's Day weekend, oh, uh, February 15th through 17th. So it's Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And on Monday night, you're playing on the stage at the Depot. Now, it's sold out,
0: though. I was looking on your website, though. The, the yes, yes. Slate Lake City for here. 2020.
2: We, yeah. we have 50 people who have signed <sighs> up. But we can take a few more. We always end up with another band, no matter what year it just happens. So we have a waiting list application. So even though it's sold out, if you go to rockcampslc.org, you can still sign up on the waiting list. And usually we'll have a a person or two drop out at the last minute for whatever reason. And next thing you know, you'll get a phone call and you're playing drums.
0: Now, why wouldn't you add more weeks on? Especially since we're already sold out here, right? 2020, add two or three more dates. Or do you think that'll take away the... The novelty of
2: it. You know, some some camps uh, have a camp every single week in the summer. They have multiple adult camps throughout the year. And it just comes down to capacity and like, you know, growing the organization. And I think we've been around for five years. I'm really proud what we've done in five years. But in another five, I'd love to have our own building. I'd love to have after school programming going year round. Um, I'd love to have more camps in the summer, more just programming throughout the year. So it's just a matter of, of growth and managing that growth responsibly and, you know, growing, doing something it's like every year we try to add something new that's small and manageable. Um, a couple of years ago, we added a teen internship program to our summer camps for kids. So kids that are 14 to 17, if they already know how to play their instruments and they have experience, they get to help teach the younger kids and they get to be in a teen intern band, which is pretty cool.
0: All right, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Wizarding Days. We are really excited to bring them on as a sponsor again this year because this is their third year of doing Wizarding Days and their third year of sponsoring the podcast. So that's really awesome of them. And as always, remember, when you support our sponsors, you're directly supporting this podcast.
1: This year, Wizarding Days will be happening on February 28th and 29th, and they will be hosted at the Utah State Fairgrounds. This year, they are excited to have some authors like Sal Valudo, who is a comic illustrator and has worked for DC and Marvel. They will also have a state of continual performers like magicians, puppeteers, trivia games, and more.
0: This year's theme of Wizarding Days is mythology, and they'll have some new sets and activities where kids can hunt down gods and goddesses.
1: They're also having a cosplay contest this year, which I am personally excited for. You can sign up right now for the cosplay contest at WizardingDaysWithAZ.com. And while you're on their website, grab your tickets now for the best price available. They have day passes, family passes, and weekend passes.
0: I also want to tell you about something a little different they're doing this year. They're having a charity Yule Ball. This is going on Thursday night, the 27th, from 7 to 10 p.m. They've partnered with Geeked Out Events and Wasatch Wizards and Witches. And all the money that's raised from the event will go to charity. You can get a discount by buying a pass to the U-Ball, an an ultimate pass, which will get you into the ball as well as the event. And all of the information, all the tickets, and like Chrissy said, go to WizardingDays.com right now. That's days with a Z. Grab your tickets for the best price possible because tickets are going to be more at the door.
1: Again, Wizarding Days is happening February 28th and 29th at the Utah State Fairgrounds. Grab your tickets now for the best price available at WizardingDays.com. That's Wizarding Days with a Z.com. Can boys do teen interning too, or can men help? Like, I mean, because I know no, it's a, a, great a camp question. for girls, but if, if there are some teen boys who have experience, could they come and help teach?
2: Um, we actually reserve all the teaching roles and leadership roles for women and transgender and gender expansive people. So, non binary folks, agender folks. As far as cisgender men, we have a lot of opportunities to help. One of the biggest things is setting up camp. We go in there on a Saturday, and it's all day, and it's setting up drum sets and tuning them, tuning guitars, setting up amps, and it's really a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, So we're always asking for help, just roadie help, you know, carrying stuff in, helping set it up. And then we need more men at the showcase, to be honest. We need men and boys to come and be in the audience instead of on the stage as much. And, you know, in the music industry, when you're talking about professional musicians, less than 25% are female. And then you add in, well, how what percentage is transgender? We don't really know. And yeah. if we had a number on it, it would probably be less than one percent. Same with non-binary people, gender expansive. They're typically mar- people from marginalized genders aren't ruling the professional music industry. Um, and that's something that you know we're looking to change. And not so much for any other reason other than the voices of people who are marginalized are super important, and they're they need to be amplified, like the mm-hmm. stories that. You know, we have the stories that we need to tell are revolutionary and will change the world. And I think oftentimes that's why people who are marginalized are held back in so many ways, because what they are going to say is going to change the world. And so you know that's one of the initiatives with rock camp is to get more you know more of these kids playing music expressing themselves that way but also just finding community you know if a kid comes to camp learns how to play the drums joins a band and then never touches the drum set again they've learned so many lessons about themselves and about collaborating with people and about breaking through um fear that they're going to take all those lessons back to school they're going to take them back to the dinner table and they're going to you know start having conversations and changing the way that they talk about Gender and like what? Mm-hmm. What are girls allowed to do? And what colors do girls like? And what colors do boys like? And you know things like that. The think, empowerment that yeah. that gives
1: them ha- is has to be just life changing.
2: Oh, absolutely! I mean, we get stories all the time from kids who, you know, after camp they go back to school and they end up running for like student body president, or you know, they have hadn't been having problems with bullying and. You know, at Rock Camp, we not only have music workshops, but we have workshops on relationship building and on self-defense and on using your voice and body image, media literacy. So all these other things while we're doing music and they take all these lessons back and just find ways to use their voice and to like speak up for themselves. And it's really cool.
1: That is so cool.
2: I love that.
0: Are the uh, the summer rock camps for the youth? Are those sold those aren't sold out, right? No, 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 no. 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 Those are so
2: those will go online in February. We okay. usually right when we have the Slay Lake City uh, showcase, so that President's Day weekend, we'll put the applications online for the summer camps, okay. and those um, sell out, you know, pretty quickly. But we have a waiting list for that one too, and we're always just trying to find creative ways to get more kids in, and you know, in a few more years, I hope to have a third a third camp in the summer, maybe even more from there. Yeah.
0: And where can people find on your website for the rock camp? What's the website for Um, that? It's
2: rockcampslc.org. And if you go and click apply, it'll bring up the information on those programs. So right now it just says the dates. So the first session in the summer is June 22nd through the 27th. And then the second session is July 13th through the 18th. So just keep those dates on your calendar and in mind. And when our applications go online, you get to choose um, three instruments. So your first choice, you're to say it's bass, second guitar, third vocals. We try to give every kid their first or second choice when we can, but we also have most kids surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, but I was surprised the very first time we did camp that so many kids want to sing, you mm-hmm. know, and they want to be in the front. Yeah. <laughs> they want to sing. And, and true. And, but the, the amount of kids that want to sing, like, it changes when kids are like between 8 and 11. You get a lot of kids that want to sing. And then when they're 12 to 17, not so much. They get nervous and they start to, you know, all that social anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot more kids wanting to do different things as they get older. So it's it's really interesting to see what we do as a society To girls specifically, you know, in in that age range of like kind of switching over between being 11 and 12, 11 and, you know, 13, there's a lot of change that happens. Social shame and Uh expectations like jump through the roof for some reason. Totally. Yeah. And so I think it's important to catch kids when they're younger and uh give them, you know, that that empowerment and the just believing in themselves that they can do anything. You know, it it really is an impossible task that's in front of you at the beginning of the week of like, you don't even know these other kids you're going to play with. Most of them, if not all, have never even played their instrument, and you're going to be all together playing like a three-minute song on stage. And, you know, we have breakdowns throughout the week of just, I can't do it, and then everyone kind of coming together and just high-fiving and picking that person up and just saying, yeah, you can, you can do it.
0: All right, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Remember, when you support our sponsors, you are directly supporting this podcast.
1: The Love Promise program is what makes Subaru and Mark Miller Subaru so special.
0: The Love Promise means being more than just a car company. It's Mark Miller Subaru's vision to show love and respect to all people at every interaction with Subaru. Mark Miller Subaru is dedicated to making the world a better place.
1: Subaru of America actually selected Mark Miller Subaru as country's 2018 Love Promise Retailer of the Year.
0: And that is awesome because this is the most distinguished award Subaru of America awards each year and is only given to one Subaru retailer throughout the entire country.
1: Mark Miller Subaru was selected for this award because of Mark Miller Subaru's unique and strategic approach to supporting charitable causes here in Utah. While Mark Miller Subaru has donated a sizable amount of money over the years, that's not all they do. Mark Miller Subaru develops deep and meaningful partnerships with charities to make real change in our community.
0: So whether you're buying a car at Mark Miller Subaru or you're just getting some service done... You're helping Mark Miller Subaru leave a mark on the lives of others in our local community right here in Salt Lake City.
1: And Mark Miller Subaru has two convenient locations for you to visit. The first one is Mark Miller Subaru Midtown at 3535 South State Street in Salt Lake City. This is the one Chris and I personally use for all of our Subaru needs. And Mark Miller Subaru Southtown at 10920 State Street in Sandy.
0: All right, guys, go test drive a Subaru today. You're going to love these new Outbacks. I think you might even get one because I couldn't imagine being here in Utah without our Subaru. It's gotten us out of some really, really sticky situations.
1: And they're fun to drive, too. Again, go visit them at their Midtown or Southtown locations. And many thanks again to Mark Miller Subaru for sponsoring this episode of the podcast.
0: You mentioned earlier about uh, down the road having some after-school programs. Mm-hmm. Are you doing any after-school program type stuff now, or is this just kind of a goal?
2: It's definitely been on our radar ever since we started, okay. and we, we get a lot of feedback from parents once their kids are back in school. Just they miss us, and they want to get together and and hang out. So we've been talking to Salt Lake School for the Performing Arts, which is where we've had our camp the last couple of years. Um, and they're interested in doing some kind of an after school program. So we've been yeah. talking to them about what that would look like and you know how we would staff it. Um, but yeah, I would imagine in the next couple of years very we'll cool. be doing something at least a few times a week. and this program has been very successful because it's been um small growth and you know manageable growth. because all of us who run rock camp um, have full-time jobs, and all of our you know teachers and and people who come to camp to help out on the support crew are volunteers. Um, we're really heavily, volu- we, we rely heavily on volunteers. And so it's, it's a balance that you have to make to not like way overwhelm your volunteers and stress them out, but do enough for the community so that kids who do want to come to camp, we don't have to turn them away. And your
0: full-time jobs at the Utah pride center, right? Which is, is great. I mean, that yeah. must be an awesome place to yeah, work. Yeah, it mean. is.
2: Um, before I worked at the pride center, I was working, um, doing a corporate job, you know, yeah. for a long time. And I slowly started doing more volunteer work at the pride center Uh, a couple of years ago. They needed an entertainment director for the festival. So booking all of the bands and, and doing that. And I had a lot of experience in booking. And so I picked it up as a volunteer job. And then the next year rolled around and the director was moving on to something else at the pride center and they needed a festival director and I applied for it. And so that's what I've been doing the last year is working there.
0: So, Festival director, I'm assuming the pride festival yes, that goes yep. on in the, the summer
2: pride festival. Yep. So the biggest party yeah. in the downtown, so 60,000 people. Of yeah.
0: I guess is. I didn't realize yeah. that that's what you did there. Yeah, so that yeah. that's awesome. So, yeah. so I mean, wow. So you got, you got to organize the whole deal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That must be stressful.
2: Yeah, it is. But I mean, <laughs> it's, You know, a lot of moving parts. I have a really, yeah. really good team of volunteers who've been coming back for years and years and it's just something that they do every summer. Uh. Um, So I have all these people with, you know, years and years of experience doing the festival. And, um, you know, without that team, I would be having a really hard time, but they know they know what to do. We, you know, I I look at it as just a big kind of project management job, right? Mm -hmm. It's just all these moving parts, they all have to happen at certain times. And just keeping track of all of it and making sure that it happens. Do you, and you ever I use like love Jira? <laughs> or <laughs> nice. know, In my corporate background, we use Jira a it's lot. That's how I think. Like yeah. my mind thinks that way. It's like kind of one day at a time of what did you accomplish yesterday? What are you going to get done today? And, you know, what's standing in your way of getting it done? And that's kind of how, you know, the festival just happens. We just conquer one thing after another and, I never knew uh, as much about porta potties as I do now. That's a huge part of running a festival, in <laughs> case could, you didn't know. I couldn't know. even imagine having <laughs> yeah. it.
0: How many people come out to, to Pride? Uh, about
2: 60,000 people about 60. come out in two days, yeah.
0: Cause I was just curious, because you know, I'm sure a lot of people even listening uh, maybe have never even experienced it, right? A lot of people yeah. don't even come downtown during that because they don't want to get all the crowds <laughs> and uh, and all of that. But, I mean, it's, it's quite the experience, Um
1: it's it's one and of
0: it's, the funnest festivals yeah. to go to. And it oh, seems like sure. it's getting bigger and bigger every year. Yeah,
2: it's been growing a lot. I mean, last year was a huge amount of growth, almost forty percent growth, and the year before wow. that was about thirty percent growth. So it's definitely growing. And, you know, my first time at the at the festival, I didn't even know I didn't know there was a festival. I knew there was a parade, and I knew the parade was free and some friends invited me to go down to it, so I was there. And then after the parade, they wandered over to the festival and I had no idea what it was about other than, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm an ally to the LGBT community. I didn't know I was a member of the LGBT community at the time. But went to a lot of information booths and just learned a lot about the community And walked away from it, not knowing still that there was a Utah Pride Center that was open every single day that had mental health services and support groups. And so that's one of my big goals with the festival is get people there to the parade, get them to the festival, but make sure they know about the center so that as things come up in their life or their friends' lives, they can say, you know what, call the Pride Center. They might be able to help you with your kid or they might be able to help you. If you're moving to Salt Lake and you're looking for your community, if you're looking for queer friendly businesses or you know jobs, things like that, call the Pride Center. If we don't have what you need, we know someone who will. And that's kind of the, the purpose of the Pride Center is to be that anchor in the community for anything people need.
0: Let's uh, let's actually dive a little bit into the Pride Center because I don't think we've ever actually talked about it on this podcast. Yeah. And if, if that's okay with you for totally. a second, just because I would like to. I mean, we've talked about you know uh, how you work with youth and then even adults. Now it's great this camp during the week, right, for a week during the summer. But maybe they could take access to the Pride Center for the rest of the year, so they can, you know, be be around like minded people. I guess. Yeah one of my um,
2: one of my favorite groups at the Pride Center is a group called Families Like Ours. Yeah, and uh, what that is is it's a group for families, and it doesn't matter if maybe the parents there's you know a mo- two moms in the family, or if. It's a heterosexual couple, a mom and a dad, and their kid has come out as gay or bisexual or pansexual. Everybody needs support in that situation. The parents need support because there's a lot of like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't want to say the wrong things. But there's also just a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of questions that I feel like parents need to ask in an environment that their kid isn't there because some of those questions might be, you know, maybe not the best questions for their kids to hear. Um, And then for kids, you know, the kids go to a support group kind of setting. It's just a play group, you know, fun with other kids who are queer. Maybe their parents are queer and – there's a lot of bullying that goes on. Just when I mean, we saw that in the news recently. A kid in school just said he had two dads, and a teacher bullied him. You know, I mean, wasn't, oh that gosh. was
0: down in Utah. County, yeah, down in Utah. Yeah. There we go,
2: Utah County again. <laughs> yeah, that, but you know, it happens. And then the bullying that happens from other kids, even if you know you don't know what your sexuality is, or you're not sure what your gender is, but just you know, being different from other kids. And so. Kids get to come to the Pride Center and drop in for after-school programming, and some of it's guided, and some of it's just playtime and games and, you know, just social skills with other kids. So that's one of the the best groups that we have. We have other groups, uh, one called Unique Expressions. They use music and art and a lot of different ways for kids to express themselves and, you know, just to talk about what they're going through without even talking. Just put it out on some, you know, some paper or put it on a canvas, put it in a song so, yeah, if if you're looking for support, I a lot of times we'll get tagged in posts on Facebook. If someone had a, a kid who came out and they're looking for help, just give the Pride Center a call. Go to utahpridecenter.org. If you click on Youth and Family Programs, there's tons, I mean, just tons of programs that happen every single day there. I would highly suggest that. And, you know, it's – kids are – as young as two are, you know, being creative with their gender and expressing themselves in in, you know, unique ways. And so the Pride Center, you know, the youngest age we have programs for is like two years old and then up to, you know, 102 or, you know, (laughs) we have programs not just for youth and not just for adults, but for every stage in life. And I think that that's really important and, and something until I was working at the pride center full time, I didn't really understand how much they do in that one building. You know, it's, it's a lot of work.
0: And where are they? They're, they're right downtown. Yeah. Right by B
2: stadium. Now they're on a 1380 South main. Um, so just on. Okay. I'm kind of
0: visualizing the location right by the
2: fire station on, on, 1300 South in
0: Maine. And, and I'll put all their contact information yeah, at imsaltlake.com with this episode, too, yeah. uh, with the website, Facebook, phone number. Because I, I don't even know how much of that you even know by heart. Maybe I don't know if you know their phone <laughs> I number. I probably
2: have a card in my pocket <laughs> that have has a all card. That
0: on there. Hey, here's, like, here's a question to ask you since you're involved in the music mm-hmm. scene. You were involved in the music scene. How can people... Because I think of emails that I get, right? Mm -hmm. Even people will contact me. They're moving to Salt Lake, they're moving to Utah, somewhere in the area, and they want to get involved in the music scene. Do you have any, like, how how would you, uh, what advice would you give somebody who wants to start playing music?
2: Well, I would tell them to start going to shows. So, I mean, if you're under the age of 18 and you're looking for, well, under the age of 21, I guess, looking for shows, Kilby Court's a great place to see bands that are kind of up and coming, talk to people who are playing music, kind of. The way that I got involved in the scene in Salt Lake was by doing that, going to shows, meeting other bands, telling them I was in a band. Hey, maybe our bands should play together sometime or whatever. Or if you're not in a band yet, just going to jams. There's yeah. there's a jam happening, I swear, almost every night of the week, but I used to go to the blues jam at uh, Green Pig quite a bit when I first moved to Salt Lake. It's a cool place, yeah. yeah there's a good one on Monday night at the Hog Wallow. There's uh, Tuesday night at the Royal is an amazing jam. It's open. It's not blues or rock or anything specific. You can play whatever you want, but just putting your name on a list and saying, this "Is my name, I play the drums, and being put in a band with people you've never met before, but you all know how to play the blues, that can be a really cool way to meet musicians and, you know, end up finding people to do a project with if you're looking to play.
0: Well, and the reason I ask is because is it's interesting how many people I meet that just don't have... You and I take our connections for granted, yeah, right? We, yeah, We know where all the places are, where to go, and then I'll meet that occasional person and they've lived in Utah for five years and they just found out about the farmer's market downtown <laughs> and I'm like, how did you just find out about this, yeah. right? But you and I, we know about it and so often people don't even know where to start, yeah. so... That's a good. I those think are yeah, good jams,
2: open mics are really approachable too. You know, just going to an open mic and it's it's hard to be vulnerable and introduce yourself to people, but you know that's the best way. If you are a, a woman or a transgender, gender expansive person, and you're looking for volunteer opportunities volunteering at at rock camp is a lot of fun you yeah. know we have you can come all day every day which most people can't because they have jobs but <laughs> if you could it's a really good time and if not we have shifts in the morning and in the afternoon um, we always need help with all kinds of things and then the pride center also has a lot of really good volunteer opportunities i've met a lot of my uh, really close friends and my full-time job now through just putting myself out there and volunteering
0: you don't have anything to do with the Provo pride down there. Do you, um,
2: well, the you Utah know, pride center, is that who
0: puts that on too? Or no, no.
2: So anybody who wants to put on a pride festival parade, whatever, it's usually just community based yeah. Like people get together, they decide to do one. And then, uh, a lot of those pride festivals have reached out to the pride center, uh, for advice or to borrow supplies, things like that. So we, we formed a, a Utah pride coalition. So Ogden pride, Logan pride, Southern Utah, Moab, Provo, um, we all will meet every couple of months okay. and just, you know, talk pride, um, with each other. But yeah, we, the, the Utah Pride Center has been starting to give more back and fund some of these other organizations to get their festivals up and running.
0: I just thought it was so cool when I saw that Provo was doing it. Oh like, That's
2: yeah. great. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, I just didn't know how it was handled down there. Like if there was a lot of pushback in the community or even how many people were coming out to it. Yeah.
2: They, they've they been growing every single yeah. year. I was still living in Utah County when they had the very first Provo pride. So okay. it was about five years ago and I was playing in a band at the time and we played the festival and, I've just seen it grow a little bit, you know, every single year from then. I know that they uh, have talked about possibly wanting to do a parade down there at some point. So oh, they, they haven't awesome. done a parade. They've had a hard enough time just getting into the yeah. the parade that the, the city has over the 4th of July, the Freedom Festival yeah. Parade. There was a lot of controversy with queer organizations getting into that parade. But yeah, I hope someday that Provo will have their own parade and will have a lot of support because I think that that's, that's one of the biggest things that have hel- that's helped grow the movement here in Salt Lake City is having this parade that's free and open to the public and just allowing people to be out and themselves and, you know, there's just been a lot more acceptance and, and humani- humanizing of, you know, queer people through having festivals and parades. It seems kind of silly. Like, why do we still need this parade? Well, you know, because it's, fun. <laughs> right, cause it's fun.
1: exactly you guys know how to throw a party. Yeah,
2: we need well, a reason to run around in yeah, our underwear. Yeah. Right? agreed. <laughs> well, and there are countries, you know, that are, you know, criminalizing being gay. The mm-hmm. countries in Africa that, you know, are going that route again. And there's a lot of places that it's just not safe to uh-huh. have. A parade, and so I really feel like we just need to keep having ours and be loud and proud and in your face as much as we can until th- it's just not even an issue anymore. Yeah. It's not a question of why there's a parade, it's hooray, there's a parade, exactly.
1: And that's what I love about it is that, like, you're just keep bringing it to the forefront, you guys keep talking about it, you know, so that eventually it's just going to become. Traditional. Yeah. Right. Like that's just, we're all people. We all feel the way we feel and we don't need to like judge or compartmentalize each other. Yeah. I mean, I hope that's what's going to happen.
2: Yeah. You know, it'll, it'll take a long time. And i look at, you know, the last, I've lived in, in Salt Lake for almost 10 years and just how different Salt Lake has, how much Salt Lake has changed in the last 10 years. And I really look forward to how much more it will change. And I think a lot of that has to do with just new businesses coming in um, from, you know, outside of Utah and some of the traditions that were part of Utah's history kind of being broken over time. You know, people coming here from California and they want to buy wine in the grocery store. Oh, wow. Like, how are we going to do that? So things like that, I think, just slowly changes like that have been going on. And I think it makes a difference. And, you know, specifically with Pride, 20 years ago, there were a lot of corporate partners for Pride that wouldn't have come to the table. And so it's it's an interesting issue because it's like, well – that's a good thing because we're marketable now, but it's also like, well, we're marketable. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't want to be marketable. Kind of a, I want to be annoying. celebrated. Right. I want yeah. to be celebrated. I don't want to just be tolerated. <laughs> I want to be celebrated. I want people to, and, and, and it's nice to have an acknowledgement too from maybe partners who haven't come to the table in the past of like, we're sorry, we, we didn't come to the table we're here now and we want to do more now. And so, you know, th- those, are the kind of partnerships that we look for for the Pride Festival and Parade, um, because all of the money that we raise doing those, the festival and the parade, go to fund the center and to keep the center open every day and, you know, available for the public to come in. And you don't have to be a queer person to come to the, into the Utah Pride Center. We'll give you a tour and show you what we do there. And, there's a lot of opportunities, even if you're not a queer person, to just help and to learn about the community.
0: I'm I'm a bit embarrassed to say I've never been to the prides, and have you been, Chrissy?
1: I have not, but I really want to yeah.
0: go. well, let's go. We'll okay, go. I think you let's should do get it. Get I'll a give you a tour. Date night. Hey, hey, date night. Yeah, there there you go. When you got kids, that, there's a date night right <laughs> yeah. there. What uh, when you're not when you're not busy doing all this stuff? I mean, do you have any other hobbies and interests when you're not busy playing music or or Doing the festival stuff? I mean, or does that kind of consume all your time?
2: It, it consumes a lot of my time. I get up a little earlier every day just to kind of keep on top of everything yeah. I do. And, you know, for me, being the organizing director of, of Rock Camp SLC has been an amazing experience. And, you know, I'm going into my fifth year, but ultimately, you know, this camp belongs to the community and it belongs to the youth. Yeah. And, you know, we're really passionate about building up youth leaders and all of us who are have been in positions of leadership within Rock Camp are just trying to mentor the next generation to take it over from us. I mean, ultimately that's what we'd like is we'd like to come and watch the showcase, you know, and, and to me, that would be a very, a very big success um, just to see this, be able to pass on to the next generation of people to run it. Yeah. It seems
1: like you've really big shoes to fill though. Like (laughs) listening to you talk and knowing that you were a project manager, you you probably have, such an intense skill set and the ability to organize so well. Well, it's, it's interesting. Yeah.
2: Because I mean, when I was working in, in corporate America and, and doing these projects, I never really thought about how those skills would translate over to organizing community organizing and activism. And they, they come across really well. Um, And I I think that I I do have kind of a weird background in that way. I know a lot of people who started out in nonprofit work and they've been doing that their whole lives. And then eventually they're like, I want to make some money and I'm going to go to corporate. You know, I don't blame them. I'm like, good, have fun over there. And I kind of went the opposite direction of having corporate jobs and having all these skills from um, being in the corporate business environment and then translating them over to nonprofit. Yeah, I mean, I when I think about when I started, like, did I have any business being a director of a youth program? Like, no. Absolutely not. Like if if I were to put my resume out there and say, "Hey, I want to be this," nobody would have hired me. And which is I, interesting because yeah. it
1: seems like such a badass thing to do—to take all the things that you've <laughs> learned in the corporate world and be able to bring them to the nonprofit world—and yeah. it seems like that's only a benefit.
2: Yeah, totally. And th- and that's the thing. Like, did I have any business doing this? Like, no, but I did it anyway. And I think that. A lot of people are just waiting for someone to give them permission or waiting for the right degree or whatever it is that you're waiting for to start something. And for me, it was just like I went and volunteered in L.A. and I the whole time, every single day, multiple times a day, just thought I really if if I had this program when I was a kid, my life would be very different right now. And that was like the driving factor of working hard and just making it happen against all the odds of like all the questions of like how do we do this we need a, a po box i guess i guess we need a bank account i guess we need a website and just slowly just knocking one thing out at a, at a time and learning through making mistakes like it's okay like to make mistakes and that's one of the biggest things we teach at rock camp that there are no wrong notes and everybody is a rock star and you can do it like and i i think with with my journey through the last 5 years of rock camp it's been very much like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And everyone around me like, well, you know more than us. So let's just keep going, you know? And that's, I think the power of the program that we run is it's collaborative. And I think women and girls specifically are taught to compete with each other from a young age and not collaborate as much. Um, And we really teach about building each other up instead of tearing each other down and being collaborative and saying yes. And like, Okay, I really like that part you made up. So, yes to that. And what if we do this instead of oh, I don't like that or don't play that. That's annoying or whatever. Maybe but. but. Yeah, <laughs> not maybe but. But yes and we're going to do that. We're going to have a rap in our song. We're going to have a sick guitar solo. Someone's going to jump off an amp. You know, we just keep saying yes and like whatever you want to do, just do it and dream it and and be it. And uh I think that's what's made us so successful is again just like getting out of the way of these youth who are just brilliant and know what they're doing. They have all the skills inside them that it will take to change the world. And they just need us to get out of the way.
0: So cool. So cool.
2: Oh man. It's so exciting.
0: Let's uh, uh, switch uh, directions. We've got some Salt Lake city questions. We ask everybody on the podcast here, Hillary that comes through here. We all have family and friends, right? They come through the area, they're traveling, they want to come visit Salt Lake city. They they're coming to visit Utah. We all have like areas or the tour. What's the Hillary tour, like downtown, mountains? What, what what do you show people?
2: I will take people to a concert. Okay. Usually, I, I like to go to Urban Lounge. I like to go to the Depot. It just kind of depends on what's playing. But I'll take people to a concert because I don't think people really realize how cool the music scene is here.
0: Or how cool bars could even yes. be here. Yeah,
2: and, and how you can see a pretty big band at a small place here yeah. sometimes. So I'll take people to a concert. The ex-Mormon and me will always take them to Gilgal Gardens. Like yeah. you're not going to awesome. see a Joseph Smith's Sphinx head anywhere else in the world, but it's not very far from my house. So I will take people to Gilgal, uh, that's awesome. um, even if they don't want to go. I'm like, you don't need to see Temple Square. Let's go to Gilgal. I'll tell you everything you need to know. And uh, yeah, usually just find a, a cool, uh, I feel like we've got a lot more cool places to, to take people to dinner and just yeah. have some small plates. Like I love to go to Eva's. Uh, recently went to Whitehorse. Okay. That's a newer one. Love that place, Whiskey Street. So, yeah, dinner, concert, Gilgal Gardens. That's the Hillary Tour.
0: Very cool. And then I, I asked, you know, favorite local eating spots, but you mentioned a couple there. So yeah. That's, that's Yeah, I like
2: the Copper Common okay. um, restaurant group. So there's Copper Common, um, Copper Onion, and then the Daily Cafe. I don't know if you've heard of that. I've it's been on the main yeah. street. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they've got yeah. some of the best food, and people don't know about the Daily, but I highly recommend the Daily. That's a big
1: place at work. Everybody goes to the daily a couple of times. A oh, day where at my do you office. work? Is it one uh, of those buildings? I work in the oh, what's what's the building called? It's, it's right on the corner of West Brod- Broadway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The it's I'm blanking, but yeah. I don't know what it's called.
2: Downtown. Yeah. 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 She's,
0: she, she has one of the fun areas of town to get to work yeah. in. I, I think if you're going to work somewhere, you might as well work downtown. But would <laughs> yeah. you change anything about Salt Lake if you could? Like, let's say you came in, boom, all of a sudden you're mayor or something. I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, if I could change anything about Salt Lake, I, I would like to see... Um, or Utah. Yeah, Utah in general. Like, the the way that we're represented by government just to be more diverse and the, to match the population. Because the population of Utah is at least 50% women. I think we're almost 50 1% sometimes, but to have at least that many women representing us in um, in government, whether that's at the local level, uh, the state level, just having those voices there and uh, more representation from people of color, people who... Are marginalized in any way, shape or form. Yeah. I feel like in Salt Lake, we've got a lot more queer voices in government, which is good and has been helpful, but the more the the merrier.
0: It's been interesting to see, like you, you even said the last 10 years, how Mm -hmm. much change has happened in the area. I mean, I would even say three to five years, the craziness of I mean, even the fact that we have regular beer in our grocery stores now. (laughs) I know that sounds silly to a lot of people, but that's big for Utah. And you were mentioning wine. I could see that in a year or two. I mean,
1: wine in grocery stores. I mean, they might have to because of all the transplants coming here for silicone slopes and stuff.
2: Yeah, I think people just um, being trans. Planted here, people like me, you know, losing their faith and um, finding, you know, like a different lifestyle, a different community and, you know, realizing how much, you know, the religious majority in the past has controlled the way things happen in this state. And I think that just the more people who, you know, demand representation, the better that we're going to we're going to be.
0: Very cool. Well, I'm so glad to bring you on the podcast, Hillary. I mean, you were actually, I would say gosh, I don't even know. I get tagged a lot. You you were were requested (laughs) a lot to come on the podcast. And it's funny. You're one of those people. I'm like, I got to get her on. I got to make sure she schedules the time to come and record. Otherwise people are going to keep hounding me. (laughs) I'm glad I finally did. I wanted to. And I listen to the podcast and I,
2: every time I see a tag, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it for real this time. And then I just get busy. Well, you know, it is,
0: it's hard. hard. It's hard to schedule, you know, because, because our times, their times and Mm -hmm. then to schedule to make sure it fits in. So I'm glad it worked out. Before we completely wrap this up today, is there anything, i like to open it up if there's anything that you were like, I really want to talk about this, or I really want to say this, or if you want to make a shout out, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, if there's something that you wanted to make sure to promote, I mean, I think we kind of talked about the pride. When is it going to be airing? uh, I know it's a few weeks out. Okay. I know it's it's still a few weeks out. um,
2: Yeah, really just the Slay Lake City. um, I was thinking, I would love to completely sell out the depot. Yeah, for our showcase for Slay Lake City. And okay, the Depot yeah. and holds when, about- And when is Slay Lake City? So Slay Lake City happens on President's Day weekend. Oh yeah, this so will definitely the, be up by then. <laughs> yeah, the 15th through 17th of February. Yeah. And then the showcase, which is all of the the people who come to the camp has, have been learning their instrument, working on a song for only two and a half days. Okay. And on Monday night, they play on the stage at the Depot. And I would love to just- pack that place.
0: And so can people go onto the website to get tickets for this or where would people or or do you just show up or you just show up. So you don't even need to get tickets. We
2: like to make all of our events as accessible as possible. So we don't even charge admission or sell tickets. We ask for a suggested donation at the door of $5. And if you don't okay. have it, come on in. If you've got 20, we'll take it, you know? So that's always worked really well for us. We've never had to turn away a kid um, from camp because of inability to pay. Uh, okay. All of our programs um, just fund themselves by the generosity of the community. So if I had one wish right now, it would be that, Slay Lake City, um, that we just blow the, the roof off the depot.
0: And you're on social media and all that. What's, if you want to feel free to mention all those yeah. so people can connect there and maybe even stay in touch with you. With yeah. All these so we, so. we
2: post pretty regularly on Facebook. If you just look up rock camp, SLC on Facebook, Instagram, rock camp, SLC, we don't tweet very much, but we do sometimes. But if you're on Twitter, Rock Camp SLC, and just Google it, our website has got a lot of information about all of the programs that we do, all the needs that we have, whether it's, you know, instruments that we need or volunteer time that we need. Um, if you're looking to find a community, I mean, when I talk about volunteer work, it's not so much that we need you, but you need us. Like you need this community. And I've found so many volunteers who've just been grateful at the end of the week to have been in this space and who have left with so many new friends. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty magical experience. So I I used to shy away from asking so much of people, but I've realized that they're getting so much out of it that I don't feel so shy about asking for help anymore. Nothing wrong with asking for help.
1: (laughs) No. And like, you're such an inspirational person. Just being around (laughs) you makes me want to go volunteer and do like, I want to go like run to the pride center right now I and be like, what can I do? Work. <laughs> it My, looks like you got yeah. a volunteer here.
2: <laughs> I love hey, volunteer work. And honestly, like your question about when someone moves to Salt Lake city, like where should they go? Where would I take them? What should they do? Find a couple organizations and volunteer. Just do that one, two hour shift and see where it gets you Do a, you know, come volunteer at the pride festival, take a four hour shift. You get free tickets to the festival and you'll meet people and you'll learn about the community. There's nothing like, working side by side with someone to really get to know them. Some of my rock camp started because of me being willing to take a week off of my corporate job. And instead of go on vacation, I went and volunteered. And, you know, my job at the pride festival has happened because of my willingness to just volunteer. And so I think when people will take that step, a ton of opportunities will open up and opportunities, whether that's for jobs or just for friendship and community, um, that's always my advice to people. Even when people are asking like, how do you, how do you meet women? Like, you know, how do you meet, uh, women and, and date in this community? It's how like, how
0: do you how go do you?
2: volunteer? Okay, okay. Go, I'm you're serious still be about volunteer, volunteering someone where instead of like, if you're volunteering with someone for a couple hours versus like hanging out at a house party or a <laughs> bar or something, like you're going to get to know them in a different way. And, um, I've met a lot of people through volunteering and I've, I've just seen people meet and hit it off through volunteering. And I just think it's, a great way to be um, socially responsible and give back to the community, but also give something to yourself that you need. It's a for me, volunteering is a really good form of self-care. It's really it's
1: really, really important, I think, to volunteer to help with if you feel isolated or depressed. Totally. Like yeah. that's one of the best things you could do for yourself.
2: I agree. I, I'm sure there's gotta be studies <laughs> out there about volunteer work and depression and things like that. And I suffer from depression, anxiety. All kinds of things that hold me back. And one of my, one of my tools in my toolbox is just keeping myself busy. Sometimes it's way too busy. Um, but when you have that thing on your calendar that gets you out of the house, gets you out of your funk, um, it can make the difference, not in just your day, but your whole week, your whole month. Just doing that one time. So yeah.
0: Let's go volunteer at the Pride Festival this yeah. year. Chris. I, I
1: really
2: actually would I love,
0: love me, to. Yeah, um, I've always wanted to. I but know, I think this too. talk has made me before. Let's go do it. You just do like I get a, free, a fire get, under do our do, ass. I get, don't I get to wear a cool shirt? Too yes. We says, give you a t-shirt, <laughs> we give you a water
2: bottle, and you get a tickets to the bottle? festival. So For a t-shirt and water bottle? Yeah, I know. I'm in. That alone <laughs> is enough. But yeah, I I think that that's one of the things that people don't really under like know like how easy it is to come to the festival just by you know, come do a setup shift. And it's so fun to volunteer. When you have a, a large group of volunteers, you do a little work, but mostly you just hang out and meet people. And It seems so. like it's kind of like a summer camp for adults. Almost, you <laughs> yeah, know? it is. It really is. You know, we started this program and our mission is all youth-based, but to see how much it has empowered women who come and volunteer. We have a lot of transgender volunteers and they just have found community I'm trying to remember, you know, the first transgender person I ever met in my life, I was in my late 20s. And I can't imagine how different it would be to be an eight-year-old girl meeting a transgender woman who's slaying on guitar and teaching you how to do it. Like (laughs) Your idea when someone says the word transgender completely changes. It's like that person is rad and they rock and they've taught me something versus you hear your parents whispering the word transgender when you're growing up and it seems like something wrong or something, you know what I mean? It just seems like something mysterious or bad, you know, the way I grew up. And um, we're really trying to change that too, just by having transgender people and gender expansive people in leadership roles and positions where they're teaching. And I just think that being introduced to people who are different from you at a younger age just changes how you're going to perceive them through the rest of your life. So, yeah.
0: Chrissy has a final question that she throws out at everybody that comes through here before she throws that out. I want to thank you again for coming in and doing the podcast with us, Hillary. And I always say, Hey, you know, let's catch up down the road and, and, yeah. and, uh, see how everything's going, but, uh, yeah. take it away, Chrissy. All right.
1: Well, I like to ask if you could leave our listeners with a motto or
2: piece of life advice that you live by, what would it be? I would say you rock and, Not just as a slogan or as a motto, but if you can really believe that in your soul, like that you rock and everything you do, even when you make a mistake, you still rock just for trying and like take that and and believe that every single day it will it will change your day and it will change your life. So you rock.
1: Many thanks again to Hillary McDaniel for joining us on this episode all the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes on our website, which can be found at iamsaltlakecom slash 417. That's for episode 417.
0: All right, guys, I'm going to share this idea with you. And those of you that have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I got all kinds of crazy ideas always. I'm always starting something up. I got this idea that I want to share with the world. Anyway, I have this idea. I've had this idea for a while where I wanted to create this community of businesses here in the Salt Lake City area where we all supported each other. So if you will go to supportsaltlake.com, type that into your browser right now. We'll actually forward you over to our I Am Salt Lake page. This is a group of businesses that are supporting I Am Salt Lake. They're creating a network of businesses. So when you're looking for somebody like let's say okay let's look at it for example right say you need uh some piercing done right and you live out in the Twilla area you go hit up modified piercing they're one of our uh supporters or let's say you need some great delicious coffee hugo coffees woodland advisors the holy grill i mean so these are supporters of the podcast so you become supporters of them. Does that make sense,
1: Chrissy? Am I explaining it correctly? You're explaining it fabulously. It makes me want to, oh, I'm obviously going to use all of our supporters when I need.
0: So, and they're also on the bottom of each, uh, uh, I am saltlake.com. If you scroll down to the bottom, they'll be there, but really easy to remember, support Go support them. And if you would like to have your business there, get in touch with Chrissy or myself Email us at hello at I Am Salt Lake. I mean, I'm sure Chrissy would accept a Facebook message from you about it or even myself. Uh, But let's get your business on there and let's support these businesses because these are uh, supporters of I Am Salt Lake. All right, let's get this episode wrapped up, Chrissy. I got some food I want to go eat out there.
1: (laughs) Me too. So that's going to do it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. A couple of things before we leave you today remember you can join our Facebook group if you haven't yet. This is where you can meet other listeners of the show and find out what's going on here in Salt Lake City. You can find that really easy by typing in IamSaltLake.com group in your web browser, and that will forward you right to our Facebook group.
0: And then when you join the group, feel free to uh, put your email address in there and whatnot so you can uh, join our email list. Really, really easy peasy. All right, you guys have a great week. Remember to support local whenever possible. Call your mom. And we're going to see you right here next week on the next episode.
1: And good night, Grammy.